This is Chatting Human Design, the place to be to hear how real people use human design in their everyday life. I'm so excited to have you. Welcome, welcome everybody. Thanks for joining me and my guest today. She is a 3-5 sacral manifesting generator. I didn't ask you. That's like a total guess. Are you sacral? Ah, cool. I was right. I knew you weren't emotional. I did. I I saw that you had defined spleen, but that I didn't think I knew you're a manifest generator. So you had to be sacral, you know, um, by the way, her name is Denise. Welcome Denise. Hello. Hi everybody. Excited to be here. Thank you, Janelle, for having me on your show today. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, I'm so glad that we reconnected. Uh, we were just remembering where we knew each other from, um, from the interwebs, but it was a while ago, a few years back in another human design room. It was a generator Facebook group because I that's when I thought I was a generator. Remember that one, guys? When I was generator for like six months, that was that was super weird. But that's how <laughs> right. we connected. And then I jumped out of all those generator Facebook groups because that's that wasn't where I was supposed to be. And then I got into a bunch of projector groups. And now we are connected again. And you've written an ebook, and I'm so excited to talk about this because there's not a whole lot of human design stuff out there that isn't just like books on how it came to be and all the other things. And I'm glad that you have put something out that's like new in 2022 and fresh. Definitely not along the lines of the traditional human design that a lot of people come into when we first tap into the human design knowledge. Yes, exactly. Which is good because some of it can be like, dry and hard to pay attention to and boring or just like very limiting sounding like oh this is what I've got to deal with for the rest of my life I don't know if this human design thing is for me right and the limiting part of course is really just that the reason why it seems so limiting is that it is really coming from a place of the not self and so Mm -hmm. you know for somebody who may come into human design that is still functioning in that respect it's going to be a nice shocker to help wake them up and mm-hmm. to see that they're living that way that is not really incongruent with their energy. Whereas somebody who may be living as themselves coming into human design, it's going to be a shocker in that this isn't for me if they are not aware at the beginning that it's just the language initially was for the not self. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I found out I was for real a man, a mental projector, I was like, it really did throw me for a loop and it was very like a smack in the face, but I needed it. So it was really good that it happened. But at first I was like, what? No, this is stupid. I'm not this thing. And I got really angry. Very third line of me, like blow this thing up. I don't like this. Right. Oh yeah. That's so third line. Absolutely. And then I came back to it because I was, I knew I was really looking at my true self and that's why I didn't want to see it. I was, it was like a looking in the mirror. So, um, how, how did you come about writing the book or how'd you decide to write a book? How did that go for you? It was totally a spontaneous creative thing that happened. So it's really kind of wild. Um, so back in 2019, I had started my group is called intuitive human design because that's Mm -hmm. what I do is intuitive human design. And uh, this was after 
or during the time too that I was inhaling the knowledge from Ra and others that, you know, have written books about the, you know, human design and stuff. So through since 2019, um, through to, you know, continuing now, I have been writing different pieces of human design, writing different things and just kind of putting them together. And I would share them in my group and stuff, but never have I really fully like taken each gate and each channel, much less the centers, except for I did do the centers before um, and keyworded them. Mm -hmm. So over so we're in eclipse season a lot of people are aware that you know mm -hmm. the nodes are trans are going through taurus and scorpio right now and as a matter of fact they're in the gates 43 23 you mm -hmm. know which is insights and breakthrough and you know it's part of the individual circuitry with circuitry of knowing mm -hmm. um so what happened was is during this eclipse season it just one night i just got so excited that I, i'm gonna put together a little mini pdf for my group and mm -hmm. um, initially it was just going to be the centers and what i thought would be cool was to add the centers and what i had you know renamed them or the keywords i used for them with the gates in each center and what sign astrological sign mm -hmm. each gate happened to be in and then to offer as well, um, you know, kind of like the mind talk and the wisdom with that, but also like the highest good of how that could be expressed in that center. Yeah. And then with the keywords for astrology, but then what ended up happening is just spontaneously, I ended up doing it for each gate and I mm -hmm. ended up doing it for each channel. Now I had already done this and written some stuff for the some of the gates and some of the channels but not for every single one so it wasn't like I had planned to do it mm -hmm. what happens is the um it comes up from within me like spirit just you know it's like hey this is how I'm seeing this and it just comes through and it's um it's really interesting when it happens and I would share about it in the group for example the 2551 what came to me was that it was a seed planter gate mm -hmm. or channel the channel of seed planter and because what i've noticed is in my experience with this channel and also with others with this channel what they tend to do is plant these really cool seeds in others mm -hmm. and like with raw you know they could be shocking it could be um, rejected or it could be taken in and received you know it just depends so what happens is that when when people who have this channel they happen to plant these seeds and sometimes within the same conversation the person they're planting these seeds with then will get it they go oh my gosh wow you know i can't believe this mm -hmm. it could be years later that they come back and be like wow that seed you planted back then yeah i mean totally it, it just is amazing even though i rejected it at first now i see it my life's unfolded in this way mm -hmm. so th that was part of the beginning the other channel or the other not channel um the two gates that actually initiated the this along with that channel happened mm -hmm. to be gate 60 and gate 41 mm -hmm. gate 60 being before gate 41 so gate 60 i call the architect because it's how we structure um 
you know, the, the blueprint, you mm -hmm. know, the plan, the yeah. floor, and, and that provides the limitation in a sense, you know, that there's limitation within the structure, right? Because we stay within that structure, but then when it moves into whatever planets transversing, um, that moves into gate 41, then it's like, of the envisioning through our imagination of how the, how we want to detail the structure, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's just the walls or even at some point the inner uh, design, you know, so like my book, you know, the book canvas uh, or Canva was the structure of me creating the book. Mm -hmm. And then the envisioning was what went into picking the colors and, you know, the design through Canva and then putting in the writing, of course. So, and I want people to, my, my, the biggest desire for me is for people to know that we really do carry all of the 64 hexagrams, you know, we really mm -hmm. do carry the wholeness of an astrology chart, like the wholeness yeah. of a body graph, no matter where it is, or whether it's defined or not, we're either, that's either part of our consistent way of being, or it's what we're learning while we're here. And I love to encourage for people to be able to tap in and, and write things, you know, create the, their narrative, or, you know, how they see things in a different way. And so I also encourage don't just look at my keywords, you know, if there are other keywords that resonate with you, um, whether it's the synonym or antonym of what I've written, or just something totally different, you know, it just helps us to use our imagination more tap into that childlike play again, you know, from when we were younger. Yeah, I love that. I think that's awesome to give new words and and personal meaning to all these different par parts of the chart because it can, like I said, it can feel limiting or it can feel like it, you have to call this thing that you have to talk about it this way or you have to call it this thing or you have to describe it this way or you're just not doing human design right. Which for right. me, I don't like any of the any of the things that make you feel like you're not doing it right. Like as a projector, I am supposed to sleep alone and I know that, but I don't sleep alone. I hear um, you. I'm, I'm married and I love to sleep with my husband and my dogs and I sleep great. And that's yeah, just kind it's of very personal. And I really feel, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because um, speaking of that kind of stuff, when we go below the surface of the chart, there are some wonderful things that can really help us. The thing is, is that if we are become too dogmatic about it and feel like we have to pigeonhole ourselves into mm -hmm. the way that it's stated, it, it's not necessarily healthy. And not only that, the one thing I encourage anybody I'm working with uh, as, as far as human design goes is that all of it is theory it is to be experimented with mm -hmm. and practice and yes. to see if it's correct for you because like diet um we actually helped raise our grandson who uh lived here since he was first born and he happened to have what's called hot thirst in human design for mm -hmm. his diet which means that he needs hot foods in order for his system to work so the main reason human design came out is to help parents not homogenize their children because homogenization starts with food. 
So we did not do that with our grandson. We allowed him to eat the way that he preferred and guess how he preferred to eat. Hot thirst? Cold. Cold? Cold, cold food. Oh, wow. He would refuse to eat anything hot or warm. That's funny. He, they had to sit and cool. Well, I have cold thirst. And so for me, in my experience, the way that it works for me is that I like my hot food hot and my cold food cold. I mm -hmm. like a, an array of spices. I like my mouth to feel like it's and being orgasm stimulated in different mm -hmm. ways by different foods and combinations. Um, and I really cannot stand lukewarm food. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So, so yeah. And so I really encourage people to not get so dogmatic about it, thinking that they're doing anything wrong because mm -hmm it still is theory and that we still need to listen to our own inner authority and go by that more than anything else in the world. Yeah. My digestion is alternating and that's like eating one food at a time for long, like long periods of time. And I've seen other people on Instagram who have this and they'll be like, I made this hundred of these things for the whole week and this is all I'm going to eat. And that to me is like, I, I can't, I can't do that. I right. like, to mix things together. I like a variety of things. The only thing I will say is that for work, I make like a particular meal at the beginning of the week that I could eat throughout the week. Right. And mentally, when I digest information, uh -huh. it's much easier for me to do one thing. I can't focus. I'm not a good multitasker like you. Right. And I, I need, it's one thing at a time. And then I have to put that thing almost on the shelf and move on to something else, or I get overwhelmed up here. And so when I- And saw, you're a mental projector. So yeah, I wonder yeah. for you, if it is more mental than it is uh, physical digestion, because of course, digestion is also in how we take in things. Yeah, exactly. That's why I liked it when I did read it. I'm like, I don't know about this for food, but I do know about this for information. <laughs> so that's so awesome. that's the part that, that I kind of like grabbed onto. And I have an undefined head. So it- I, I, that I, that whole anxiety of too much going on up here, I'm very familiar with, but I yeah. realized if I take it one thing at a time, um, my only channel is 1156. So I have a lot of ideas. So yeah. I have to like go, I have to go, okay, which ones, what's, what excites me the most, what I'm most interested in spending time doing. And for me, it's what's looks the easiest. Cause I like things oh, I that are it fast and easy. And if I have ideas and I finish one, I, I, it like bolsters me for the next one. I'm like, Oh, let's go to the next thing. And so I like to start with easier things because those are easier to finish. So yes, it's very logical. Come off easier. Yeah, exactly. No, I love that. And it's so cool because that's coming out of the abstract side of the uh, collective circuitry. And so for you to be able to do that and now I'll just also share then too, because I noticed that you're mostly right. And one of the things that I um, have experienced with some of my clients is that when somebody who is right, who speaks like you are speaking and able to do what you're doing with, um, whereas a lot of people who are more right are maybe not able to, mm -hmm. looking at the astrology. So a really good example, um, one of my clients, and my dad, they're mm -hmm. both quad right. And both of them are able to do what quad rights are supposedly not able to do. And when looking at the astrology, that's where I found it. So both people happen to have Mercury and Virgo. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so 
I encourage people when they find out their left or right or anything else for that matter that may not fully fit. Most of the time I'm finding it in astrology. Mm-hmm. And the other one would be like with somebody who has a definition that they do not resonate with and they do not have that in their life experience. Generally, it's because it's uh, the channel itself is defined by the nodes or mm-hmm. one of the nodes. And when that's removed and I'm, and I read it with it removed. Now I also read it with it there, not to say that I don't, because, um, I don't know the person's experience, Mm -hmm. but when I remove it without even talking with the person first, my mind's going, wait, you can't do that. They're not even going to relate to that. I bet you anything. And and spirits like, yeah, no, you need to share it. And I do. And every time it comes back, thank you so much because nowhere in my life experience has that been accurate for me. And I couldn't figure out why I'm not fitting into my human design chart. Mm -hmm. So we need to quit pigeonholing ourselves into, you know, what may not really be true for us. And, you know, I mean, that even shows, for example, sometimes somebody will need to have added an extra calculation. And so I do what's called a post-solar calculation. And a lot of times, yeah, that'll show So I had the experience myself and I really had to fill into this for myself. And when I, and when I look back at my life experiences and how I am today, because I was, um, my dad is an ego man or not an ego manifester, but he has the ego defined. And a lot of times we're conditioned, of course, by that will ego center. Mm -hmm. And so I had to really make sure that being outside of my father's aura, that I still had that willpower because when I add my post solar chart, I do have that channel 2551 with the mercury there in 51. Mm-hmm. So, and, and looking at all of my experience, yeah, I actually do have willpower and I do value myself and I, you know, don't make promises that I can't keep and I don't try to prove my worth. And that was where it was really confusing when I would hear about this particular center, I could not relate to it for the life of me being open at all. And so I discovered not me through Ellen, uh, Eleanor, Haspel Portner. She is the one that originally did all the extra calculations for raw for human design so that the system could actually be validated, scientifically provable. But um, a lot of that. Was- I don't even know what you're talking about right now. But my head is exploding. So someone, there's a like a additional chart that can be done. A post-solar yes. chart, is that what you said? Yeah. So what it is, you know, in our natal human design chart, we have the pre-natal, the uh, design side, which is yeah. the, it's the sun, 88 degrees yeah. before the our first time. Yes. And so <laughs> the, the post-solar chart is the 88 degrees of the sun after our birth. So it's exactly like the same as the design side, but the after side and what that does, not always, but there are charts that it actually creates an extra added definition. I will be running yours because you have so many hanging gates. (laughs) I I gotta see what it, what comes out. And especially the transits are just like jack me up all the time because of those. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. I know. I I love love it. 
Well, this yeah. is awesome. I have never heard of this. And I like, like, I think we both agree. We're both very experimental when it comes to human design. So yeah, That's give me your, the new one. stuff I've never heard about. Like, I'll, I'll look at it. I'll check it out. Like, I want to hear about this. And yep. then we figure out if it works for us. Totally. Yeah. Our third line. Exactly. And you know, the third line, the other thing that I love about the third line is, you know, I remember raw talking about this in the mystical, um, segments of his lectures and stuff. And it was just so right on. We're like the an uh, anarchists. We come in and we tear down what doesn't work. We find a system. It's like, yeah, this is cool. And then we experience with it. And then we tear it down to, you know, what actually is working and what doesn't work. And that's in a sense what I've done, not that I've necessarily done it on purpose. Like I didn't plan to do any of this. Mm -hmm. This genuinely is all through like spontaneous spirit, inner wisdom coming through. And um, I mean, I can't sit around and make this stuff up. I really don't. Um, it just mm -hmm. happens. But my research with um, Eleanor and she actually wrote a book on it was really eye-opening. I had actually gotten my full, um, was called a full multi-dimensional chart from her. And if anybody is really interested in the multi-dimensional chart, there is one person who actually wrote a course on it that they can tap into because she studied it. And her name is Kim Gold, that's G-O-U-L-D. And she is another person um, who does, she actually has her own chart, uh, human design chart system where you can go on because she does the asteroids, you know, where people who were wanting to incorporate asteroids, she has courses for that. Yeah. And you can actually look up the asteroids in your chart for anybody who wants to do that. You just look up Ken. Kim Gold and she has um, Love Your Human Design, I think is what it's oh, called. Oh, I know her. Okay, that's yes. I, that's how I first lurked at information about the incarnation crosses. Me she too. Has like a little succinct little do, 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 do. And yes. I was like, ah, I like this. I'm going to use yes, this. Absolutely. Yeah, I use so that. There's so many incarnation crosses. Yo, man, so many. I always have that on uh, hand and always use, of course, Chitan Parkins' um, yes. Destiny's book, which is wonderful. I have it on my shelf right now. I use that one yep. too. I love, awesome. I love that one. And when I read people their whole page, like almost every time people are like crying. Right? Oh, the way it's worded. Oh, right. It's so, so beautiful. Mm -hmm. It really is. Matter of fact, it was Chitan Parker's books that I first read when I first learned about human design before even finding out about groups or anything like that. So speaking of his book, um, another fun thing with the nodes for um, people who may want to tap into how, okay, so in in human designs, the nodes are the people in our environment, right? Okay, it's generally our environment and others in it. And so what I found that was fun and it definitely related is when for anybody would like to know how people are in their environment, they can actually read the personality north node as the cross, as an incarnation cross. Uh -huh. in the book of destinies or any other incarnation cross and more than i mean when i did the series in my group a lot of people were like oh my gosh that's so true this is what i see in my environment I just, I all the time 35 right yeah, on the and manifesting so generator 
gate. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you read that, if you were to read that and kind of feel into if that's been kind of like what the people are like in your environment, sometimes it can be kind of interesting, you know, just to get a feel from a different way, a different perspective of how others are in your environment. Well, the way that I've heard 35, I've seen it titled before is the, is like the gate of always doing or like always being busy. And, oh, okay. and I've read this one before actually in that book, because I've read it to someone. And it's very interesting that you say that it's like the people in your life, because mm-hmm. I work part-time at a restaurant. Nice. And when I'm there, that's when I feel like the 35 is like on and popping is because everybody and everything around me is like, go and go and doing this, this, right. here, here. everybody's just like, everywhere the sounds are all everywhere voices people faces like it's all just a hodgepodge and that's a good part of my week like those are the people that I see like four times a week so and that's a collective energy because those are people in the collective you're connecting with but I don't and that's part of the collective circuitry I know right it feels very not self and very uncomfortable for me as a as a mental projector the 35 I I under I understand the 35 and I'm glad that I have it because I'm really good at prioritizing and I'm really fast like at the restaurant I'm one of the fastest servers I prioritize it in a way that just cuts my steps down quite a bit it's another uh projector thing is to be able to um I always forget this word but it will come to me in a moment uh and I do things really quickly and I put things together so that they make sense. And I understand that that's 35. And so I like that, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't like how I I'm using, having to use it right now because I, I just, it's too much energy and it's just like, it's a lot for me to deal with. So I'm glad that I kind of have that because it does feel helpful, um, to be able to turn it on and be like a manifesting generator. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause you're yeah. taking in all the energy of everybody around you. And it's, it's just, you know, like, you know, it's just knowing when enough's enough and to be yeah. able to go, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go take a break. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. Efficient. That's the word efficient. Efficient. Yeah. Really efficient. And so I feel like the 35 really helps me with that. And like I said, every part of my chart, that's defined, undefined, all of it. I love, and I can see it. Like I see it, Yeah. but I wish I didn't have to use this part for this. Like, I wish I could use it for some, for others. Something else. Yeah. Yeah. Intend, intend, intend it. Intend that you are using that for using that energy for something you enjoy every day as if it's happening now. I am like, I would say I I intend that I am using this crazy energy every day doing what I love that's enjoyable to me and in every place, you know, that type of thing. I mean, it's so cool to be able to do that. It's something I've been really tapping into lately and that may be kind of towards the focus of whatever I write in the future as well as, you know, using intending, but in a certain way and not in a certain, in a certain way, in the sense that a lot of times, you know, when people want to manifest their desires, for example, you know, it's, 
um, we're manifesting as though the carrot is dangling out in front of us. We're still moving towards it instead mm -hmm. of man, instead of working with intending and in that um, this is what I am doing right now uh, for the highest good, you know, that type of thing. Because when we do that, there's a lot of times our desires are something that we really think we want. But then when we get it a lot, sometimes it can be horrible it could not be exactly what we thought it was going to be and so when we do it for the highest good if we don't get it then we know it really wasn't meant for us and that it may have actually made us miserable yeah oh I love that I love that take on it yeah so so I know we were talking beforehand about how you use human design in a way that is different and maybe mm -hmm. a little bit outside of the box from the human design boxes right that people get put into yeah. so why don't you um kind of uh share with us how that how that goes or what that's like well um i just so as i just do my daily stuff and doing what i do here in my home um things i like i just get shown things it's just really wild so in November of 2018, when Jupiter entered Sagittarius, I actually received uh, downloads three nights in a row of human design stuff. This is during a time when I was inhaling the knowledge as well. Um, it all came through abstractly. And so of course I did, I had no idea what was going on. I mean, I knew what was happening, but nothing could be grasped. My mind could not grasp a single shred of it. But mm -hmm. over the course of the year, um, from then until, you know, August or so of 2019, or even further, um, that stuff has unfolded. And I, you know, been shown like, and I, I don't say this in the sense of black and white, but just for, you know, the lack of language. Um, it was like I was shown kind of the, the dark side and the light side of how human design can be utilized, you know, mm -hmm. um, and because it can be so dogmatic, it can feel very fixed. And other times, you know, it can, when we shine a light in that fixedness, type thing, you know, to be able to see more of an expansiveness of it. Mm -hmm. um, like looking at, instead of looking at it, like I'm a single definition, you know, and my energy is consistent in the way that it works. But, mm -hmm. you know, when, when I first learned human design, I just thought then, okay, I'm here to tell everybody basically fuck off and I'm doing my thing. If you don't <laughs> like it, that's just too damn bad because I am, I have all four integration channels and I'm doing my thing and I'm a manifesting generator. And I'm not here to inspire anybody else, much less, um, to empower anybody else. I'm actually here just to empower myself and I'm here just for myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, honestly, that was fun for a minute, but then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I just realized it, I, you know, seeing the light side of human design is all that whiteness that I have, you know, that that's where I learn and grow. That's where I'm supported by others. That's how mm -hmm. I learn uh, relational type things. That's how I learned some of the tribal things, you know, I'm not tribal at all. I'm all individual and collective. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have learned 
also one of the biggest things that human design has really helped me learn is to know how and see there are so many different perspectives because I really right. thought that everybody should know my perspective. I know what's good for people. <laughs> they should come to me and listen to me. I'll tell you what to do and everything will work just fine. But I had to learn that it's not about that. And so I changed by understanding there are broader perspectives and everybody's okay to have their own different perspective. They don't have to see things the way I see things. Um, but also what that really helped me to do is to, when people come to me and they ask me what they should do, I'm like, what does your inner authority say? Mm -hmm. You need to sit with that. You know, I, I try to turn people back to themselves so that they can, you know, figure that out. And it's not yeah. really about figuring it out. It's about getting quiet enough to really sit with yourself mm -hmm. and to be okay with sitting with yourself and not have to be validated by somebody outside yourself. I'm only saying everything I needed for myself. I needed this. And mm -hmm. so this is what I try to help people to see is that when they can sit with themselves in silence and not be validated and they can validate themselves for themselves and go with what really feels good and right for them then that's when, you know, things will be much better for them. I mean, it doesn't mean that things are going to be much better in the sense, like everything turns around overnight, but mm -hmm. the more that you are tapping into your own inner authority and listening to that spirit within you. Mm -hmm. Like a confidence in yourself that I think a lot of people are missing. Trust. Have a hard time grabbing on. Yeah. Trust. The trusting of their own innate wisdom within their body because that's where it comes from that innate wisdom you know and um i do know that i, I do want to say that for some people they hear it and it seems to come through the head area and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that i know in human design a lot of times people would be told well then that's your mind it's mm -hmm. not always it depends on the person it really depends on um how the person is how their energy works. Cause I know for me, it's like, I receive it. I receive it. It comes mm -hmm. in this way. And then it comes down into the body and integrates and then yeah, coming up from and out of my mouth is how I share it. And so it's like, I can receive stuff and I sit with that and allow it to integrate before I just spout out. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, you know, when we are receiving information, we still have to go through that discerning with our inner authority of what is what for ourselves and what what needs to be just let go because when we receive even if it's from ourselves we still are hearing things from the collective as well mm -hmm. i totally agree i was always mystified by the sacral authority because to me that's always that was a lot of times described as like a a gut feeling and growing up i never i had that but it always started here and i was always mm -hmm. like the information, like you said, the information comes down. And for me, it's like a ticker tape, like in Times Square, the words that's, yes. I see the words go across. Like that's how I see it I and feel it. it. And then it has to come down. And just like you said, I was like, well, I'm doing this wrong because this is coming from the mind. It's a little right. bit different for me because I'm a mental projector. So that it actually makes more sense when I think about it that way, because it's very yeah. much has to do with me being in different environments and soundboarding and like the logic part of it and the Ajna, I feel like that's what does the whole thing for me. Um, and that was always confusing because I was like, well, gut, gut feeling like, 
I don't, I don't know what that is. And it, I'm so happy that um, after I realized I was actually a mental projector, I'm not really supposed to, to that's not really something that I, I need to understand so much as to how it works, but I do need right. to lean into the trust of my body after it's passed through my Ajna and like my conceptualization area. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yes, absolutely. I love that. And I love how you describe that because um, it is really confusing because there are even some of us that are sacrally defined that we don't have necessarily a gut feeling, quote unquote, like maybe some others. So for example, mm -hmm. mine is fed through the spleen and yes. being a seven, being a single definition, you know, maybe it's different than somebody who has um, a split of any kind. But for me, it is more visceral. Mm -hmm. The feeling is more visceral than it is gut feeling. And it's a lot more subtle. And so it, you know, it, that I think that's why sometimes it's hard for some people who have the sacral connected to the spleen. Mm -hmm. um, maybe they have a harder time feeling it as a full-on gut response as somebody who may have the spleen, I mean, not spleen, the sacral to the root or sacral to the emotional center mm -hmm. or to the G center may have. Yeah. I think that's super interesting when you talk about um, the sacral center, that motor being connected to other motors and even not, even though the spleen's not a motor, that particular center and how it affects the sacral itself. Like even if you're yes. emotionally defined, if you have a sacral motor, that energy is going to pop up from time to time and really want to say yes. Or, I'm really excited about this thing. Let's say, yes, let's not think about it because I don't want to think about it. Let's, let's just right. say yes. And then the emotional authority kind of comes in and says, oh, hey, hang on a minute. Let's just, let's just think about it for like a minute or two, and then we'll see what happens. So I think it's interesting. I don't know how this works because I don't have any of that stuff. Right. There right. But when I see people who have this, I, I see, just like you said, the spleen kind of jumping in and having like intuitive energy, but then the yes. sacral coming in and being like, no, I feel it in the body. And it's just like, you kind of have to, I, I, I would assume that depending on what the situation is, you just kind of rely on different parts of it and look at different parts of it, depending on what's going on and what you've yeah. dealt with before in the past. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's about it. I mean, because when it's, um, even if it's connected like to both the solar plexus and the spleen, what tends to happen is that, that um, you know, initial spontaneous, yeah, I want to do this. And then when you are aware that you have the emotional de definition, the knowing that, so really actually the spleen, having the spleen and the solar plexus connected to Ooh. the sacral to me <laughs> reminds me of a manifesting generator. And I'll tell you why, because it is a manifesting generator, that first initial response, aha, yeah, I want to do that. And then that period of between the time of doing that and the initial aha that can change from a yes I want to do it to no I don't want to do it now you know a mm -hmm. few days later I'm not interested I don't want to go to the movies after all tonight or whatever it may be mm -hmm. so it's very similar having yeah. those two because when you have the you know, when you have the spleen and the solar plexus connected to the sacral, um, and this is what I tell everybody with this is that, you know, the spontaneous, uh-huh, let's do this, go for it. 
you know, especially if it's daily stuff, but it's the bigger decisions. And this is where I think a lot of people sometimes get misconstrued or maybe off track. The bigger decisions are the ones that are to be weighted through with the wave, you know, relationships mm -hmm. play a little hard to get, you know, because that's what is being, that's what the other person is attracted to really, mm -hmm. um, buying, making a big purchase, you know, uh, um, saying yes to a job, different things like that. But when it comes to daily things, you know, I'm hungry, open up the refrigerator. Aha, I want that, grab it and eat it. You're not going to sit there and wait out an emotional mm -hmm. way for 24 hours, knowing no if you can eat it or not. <laughs> but sometimes the way people make it sound in human design is like, if you don't wait it out, it's like, okay, come on people. <laughs> and I tell anybody, to be honest, there's nothing wrong with waiting. Uh -huh. There really is nothing wrong with waiting. If you're absolutely not sure, it, if you're hesitating, if you are sacrally defined and you hesitate, it's a no at the time. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Just wait. You say whether you're defined or not. Yeah. Whether you're defined emotionally, uh, splenically or not. If you, if, I mean, cause I, do, I see this, my husband's a generator and a lot of times I'll ask him a question and if there's a pause or a hesitation, because he's also, um, splenic defined and not solar plexus, if there's a pause or hesitation, I just immediately, I, it's just a no right now. And that's okay. I'll ask you at another time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Cause yeah, it can be hard sometimes. I, I think, like you said, for this, uh, sacredly defined to to go, oh, it has to be a yes or a no. Well, what if it's something else? Like, what does that mean? Am I not doing this properly? And like right. you said, almost all the time, it just means it's not, it's a no right now. You mm -hmm. might not have enough information. You might yes. need to talk to somebody else that's involved in the situation. And oh, especially if you have the G to the throat defined, talking it out is going to be really, really important mm -hmm. or even a generator because we're talking most most channels and human design anyways are projected channels right yeah. and everything between the, the g to the throat the g is so personal it's us it's coming from us personally mm -hmm. to the throat and so um being aware of that just it, it really is helpful yeah i totally agree to be yeah. able to sound out that sounding board like what a projector would do that has yeah. that that's what I was going to finish with. Sorry. <laughs> me, me I got the it. mental projector, this one. Yeah. Sounding yeah. board, sounding board authority. I, I like yeah. it, but it's sometimes I'm like, I don't know. We'll you know sometimes how. we just need to hear ourselves. It's not necessarily that we have to, I do too. <laughs> and what I've noticed, because if you listen to tone, other people's and your own, you can generally tell if the other person is for you or not. You can generally exactly. tell if whatever you're talking about or considering and you're talking out loud about is correct for you or not by the sound of the tone of your voice. Yeah. That's how I know if I'm feeling it down here. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know it's for me. But if it's up here and it's kind of nasally, then it's like, no, that's not me. I think it's <laughs> me, but it's not. And then, you know, when it's more down in the body, then I know, I know that it's like, okay, you know, there's something to look at. Yeah, that's so awesome. Well, I love that we've kind of jumped all over the chart and talked about yes. human design in a really experimental, open-minded way, because I think that's how we, we both look at it. Um, mm. I have one more question for you. I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, okay. If you could swap types 
for a week and there'll be no consequences whatsoever and you just go back to being a manifesting generator which one would you like to like try on for size oh that's a good one i would say projector but i already know that one because my body is that of a projector and after the age of 40 or, or your run a top position we tend to lean more towards to the design side so i would have to say then the reflector oh that's such a good one i i almost always when i look at this question my initial response is always manifesting generator i think that's right. most people <laughs> i think most people want to be the manifester or manifesting yeah, generator yeah, absolutely yeah but I because i'm already true. all those i'm i'm the projector i'm actually i'm all of them i do have that reflector energy we all do so just funny. so you know we all have and you know the two original types were to do and to mm -hmm. wait there were weren't all the other types before that which is fine but it's nice having the types and the way that they are but i just you know everybody has somewhere in their chart that's reflector and that we can be just we can be surprised at different things and that we all have a projected channel most okay maybe not all but we all have aspects of every type in our chart and we can yeah. all feel into them in my opinion um most people would say there's absolutely no way and especially not with the reflector and i would never say that i even have an inkling of an idea of what it is like to be a reflector other than my solar plexus center maybe <laughs> and my root but um well and i do have a fully open head in my regular natal chart but in my multi-dimensional chart i have it defined so but the reflector from you know the reflectors that i've spoken with and some of the ways that they share about their experience i think it would be kind of neat to yeah. have that experience of what it's like just to be surprised by everything. Uh -huh. I feel the same, similar to how you feel about the projector as reflector because my personality side is reflector. Yes. And when I had a reading done, um, my mentor told me as a mental projector, you actually sometimes lean more into the reflector side of things. And certain things, nice. information I see posted about both types, I'm like, I kind of, feel this reflector one and this like I feel both of them and it's very of course because you have that personality side as the reflector mm -hmm. so absolutely you can feel that now um I, I will end on this I would like to say that um my grandson while he was living with us his personality side was that of a reflector mm -hmm. and what we noticed my husband and I was that he definitely reflected back to us. We would see in him a reflection back to us of how we were when we were his age, when we were young kids. Oh, that's so cute. It was amazing to experience that. Absolutely. That. It was so cool. And children's energy is is so much, I mean, they're not as conditioned as we are. So sometimes, exactly. like you said, it comes up across very clearly and yeah. very like, um, how we, I keep forgetting my words, but you know what I mean? You just genuinely, like, it's a very genuine feeling of like, oh, yeah. It is. Yes. It's innocence because it's more along the lines of innocence in a sense, but not to say that all kids do exuberate like an innocence. No, some of them are, it's incredible how some come out and they're just, it's, it's like, they know everything, like they're wise souls, old souls mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. like that. It's just mm -hmm. crazy.
That's funny. That's what my mom used to say about me and I'm innocence motivation. That's fine. I agree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Good. Well, this was awesome. Please tell everyone where they could find you and your book in case they have any questions. Go for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So um, I do have a blog. If anybody would like to read some of the crazy otherworldly type stuff I talk about with human mm-hmm. design. And that can be found at intuitivehumandesign.com. And it um, redirects to where my blog is hosted at healthmanifested.com, which is the uh, portal platform I use for my blog and services and who I am. I'm a team member there. And, uh, you know, if there's other people who may be interested, she's also, you know, taking on other team members. And that's Victoria Bagnell. And then I have my Facebook group and that's the main place where I, you can find me is on Facebook. Um, my profile is my name, Denise Roland, and my um, group is intuitive human design. I've had other intuitive human design based groups, but I have closed all those and I stick mainly with this one. So yeah, absolutely. I uh, would love to have you come join me in my group and, you know, just check out what people talk about in there is kind of interesting because we allow fringe stuff. We talk about all different kinds of stuff and it's not um, solely traditional. So if you're looking for a traditional human design group, mine may not be correct for you, which is totally fine. But you should try it because it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I love it. You know, and, and, and I just go with my flow when I feel, when I respond to post in there, I do. And I may go months without posting anything. I mean, I went for almost a whole year without writing a darn thing. And then I wrote that ebook. <laughs> I, mean, I wrote all those articles. Yeah, all that. the articles I wrote on my blog were from last year. Uh-huh. And um, I didn't write a thing, a lick of anything after that. And then I wrote the ebook this year so yeah it's I'm experiencing through my progressed human design the 360 channel and I'm very familiar with this channel now so when the creative pulse is off it is off and when it's on it's on and cracking that is so awesome thank you for joining me and we will catch y'all on the flip side bye-bye thank you for listening to chatting human design join me again soon Have a fantastic day.